Hi, and welcome to the GMC Podcast, the place where you can listen to the weekly word from God and other highlights from the team at GMC, Gillespie Memorial Church in Dunfermline, Scotland. This podcast brings you the sermon series, Matthew, the teachings of Jesus Christ the King. We now take a look at the second teaching block in the Gospel according to Matthew, who was one of Jesus' disciples, previously a tax collector, but importantly a witness to the ministry and life of Jesus. So we look now at chapter 10 with Jesus' instructions for missionary disciples, where he calls the 12 disciples together, commissions them to begin to answer their own petitions, delegating authority to do the works of God as the ministry of Christ expands. So thanks for joining us on this podcast as we, over five weeks in chapter 10, will encourage you to respond to God's words and the challenge of Jesus Christ. Now, before the word from God, we will lead you in a time of prayer. Loving and all-powerful Father, we bring our prayers for others to you now, mindful that you know the needs of all, but you're always ready to hear and to answer the prayers of your people. We pray this morning for those in this church family who are struggling with ill health and ask that you would surround them with your comfort and healing power. We ask for complete healing for Mike and we lift Emma, Alex, Max and Abby to you now and ask for your protection for all of our man's family at this time. May all of your family here know your presence with us, guiding and protecting our path. We ask for your blessing this morning for Lee and Ashley, for Ada and the baby they are expecting. Father, our children are a blessing and we thank you for all our children, young and old. We ask for your protection for Lee as he continues to pastor to our young people. We thank you for his commitment and love for you and his passion to share your love with all young people and for your blessing for Ashley as she supports Lee and all that he is doing. Father God, Lee has a very special heart for you. Help us to encourage and support him as he makes connections with the young people in our communities who need to know your saving grace. May we be blessed by your word Lee Lee is bringing us this morning. Give us hearts ready to respond to your teaching. At the Presbytery Poverty Conference yesterday, discussions were centred around the difficulties so many people are facing in the current economic circumstances. People who are ashamed to admit they are not coping with the increases in living costs. And we were reminded that we have to stand with people who have been marginalised. And Martin Fair encouraged us to rage against the injustices of our time and the affront of poverty in our society. Father, help us to reach out in love to those who are finding life difficult. We ask for your blessing on all the agencies who are working to make a difference in our communities. And we ask for your guidance and protection for all those groups who are using our buildings and for all who come to the Open House Cafe over the coming months, that they will feel your presence in this place. We pray for your church here in Scotland and the wider world. Lord, we want to follow your example and be instruments of change, of justice and equality. Father, send your Holy Spirit to guide us. We pray for the the chaos we see all around us. We have messed up 
and this wonderful world you created we are destroying with carelessness and greed. Breathe your forgiveness and peace over our broken world. And we pray for governments and nations that they will turn to you for guidance. But again, we have to be prepared to be part of the answer. Therefore, we ask again that you prepare us for the work you have planned for us. Father God, as Martin Fair prayed yesterday, he said that after the benediction, he tells his congregation to get out. That when we leave the church buildings, that is just the beginning. So send us out of here today to get on with your business in our streets and communities. We present our prayers to you now, but more importantly, we present ourselves to you and pray that we can use the skills and talents you have given us to make a difference. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want to know more about how we can support you in your faith, or indeed answer questions of faith, we'd love to help you get to know the Lord and go deeper with him. Or maybe you'd like to support GMC financially in our ministry for the kingdom. If so, then please get in touch through our Contact Us page of our website, gillespiechurch.org, or via our Facebook page. Whatever you need, contact us. We'd love to hear from you. Now, over to our preacher. Um, this morning's reading is from Matthew chapter 10, and we're reading from uh, verse 16 to 25. This is Jesus' words. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? When I was leaving high school, um, in my sixth year, as we have all been in high school, you know, um, you get to a point where you say, well, school's coming to an end. What next? Um, do I study? Do I just go to work? Years gone by, I don't, I don't think there was that opportunity to study for everyone. Um, there was that way of just going to work. You finished school and you worked and that was it. Um, but nowadays you have the option to study or go to work. But there was a, there's something that, when I was at school 10 years ago, there was something that started to rise up, and it was a thing called a gap year. Um, I don't know if you've heard about them. Um, and it's basically, a gap year is when you decide against the ordinary paths of progression from school. Um, and you decide to, to go and travel, essentially. Go and see the world. How exciting that is. Um, 
And over the last 10 years, this has become a bit of a craze for young folk. They're traveling the big world and they're seeking to find themselves. They're seeking purpose and truth and adventure. They're seeking a mission to take part in, something where they can volunteer and make the world a better place. And marketing agencies are really pushing this to get people to buy into it. Uh, Some of these agencies' advertisements say, come, find yourself this summer. Build homes and build a better you. Come and find out what it means to be truly human. Travel and find out who you could be. What's the promise? That these adventures come with great um, experiences and awesome feelings. And having read this morning's passage already, you may know where I'm going with this. William Barclay um, comments about Jesus' honesty when calling people to the mission. Barclay says that the mission Jesus sends his followers on contrasts. It contrasts clearly to the ease and the roses and the comfort that the world offers for these missions around the globe. See, Jesus does not and will not give you false hope. He does not tell half-truths. He will not convince you into doing something that you will not to do. He's honest and forthright. And he places the invitation to follow him on your desk. And no matter what it may cost, a decision must be made. The invitation is presented by Jesus, as we've read, at its grimmest and its worst as we'll go on to find about this morning. And last week, Maggie uh, spoke so clearly to us. She told us that Jesus was sending out the 12 apostles. Um, Jesus presents the disciples with a mission, a task, an adventure. He said, go, go out among the Jews and proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said, raise the dead. He said, raise the sick and heal the sick cleanse the leper, and drive out demons. This is your task. Go and be obedient. I've given you all power as my disciples to go and do these things through the Holy Spirit. And I, tr- I try to imagine myself as a disciple in that moment, what feelings are going through my body as Jesus proclaims this to me. As I consider Jesus' words, is it daunting? Is it exciting? This mission, this adventure, this task? The Son of God commands that I go and I raise the dead and drive out demons. And wow, that's exciting, right? I want want to be part of that. That's, That's a decent gig. Sign me up. Let's go right now. I'm ready. You know, when these folks go off traveling to find themselves volunteering, they go with the mindset to do good things for people. They go knowing that they will be with like minded people who all have the same heart for the task. They go knowing that they will be welcomed. And depending on what they get up to, they may even receive a hero's welcome. They go with that comfort of knowing what's ahead. They go with, sometimes, mum and dad on the end of the phone, with the provision of finances, should they find themselves in a difficult situation. They just pick up the phone. I need money. And it's there. Ease and comfort. And Christ is clear about the mission for each of his disciples. It's one of great joy, but it's also 
one of great hardship. Jesus says, go, but listen, you will be persecuted. There's no maybe, there's no possibly, there's no good chance that you will be persecuted. You will be persecuted. Do you still want to sign up? Will you still go? Now that I've told you, will you still go? Jesus says in verse 16 that he's sending the disciples out like sheep among the wolves. He calls his disciples sheep because sheep hear his voice and they follow. Let me ask this of you. Is Jesus' voice enough for you to go? Is Jesus' words enough for you to go? We're in a pleasured um, and privileged position that we have the Bible. We have Christ's words to us written for us to read each day. Is it enough for you to hear the shepherd's words as the sheep and go? I lay that question ahead of you. Jesus chose to describe those who would persecute the disciples as wolves. Wolves are cunning beasts. A wolf is an intelligent animal who has the capacity to practice wisdom they can fly under the radar and cause havoc. Wolves are sneaky and difficult to detect. The wolves in this context Jesus is talking about are the Pharisees, the Jewish priests, God's own people. Today a wolf among us is anyone who seeks to come against God's mission. Persecution for the church today can be found in the streets. It can be found in our government. It can be found in our families, friends, or it can be found in our own home. Dare I say there are wolves in the church? Not everyone you see on YouTube or on the TV is a follower of Christ, though they proclaim to be. Not every church in Dunfermline is a church of Christ, though they proclaim to be. And so what? We must practice discernment. We must be wise. In verse 17 and 18, the disciples receive a very specific description of what will happen to them as they go out and proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. Um, and I always find it encouraging that to read Jesus' words and then read about them later in Scripture um, along the timeline. You know, Jesus says something and then it comes to fruition. I love to see that when I'm reading Scripture. Um, and so Jesus, they, it's encouraging to read Jesus' words but Jesus says to the disciples that they're going to be flogged and they're going to be beaten and they're going to be put into prison. And we can read about that um, in Acts chapter 5. I'm going to read for us verse 17 to 42. This is around uh, 30 years after Jesus died, give or take, 30 to 34 years. Let me read it for you. It's Acts chapter 5, 17 to 42. The apostles arrested and freed. So Jesus declares to the disciples, this is what's going to happen to you. Jesus dies, 30 years later, this happens. The high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him 
they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charge you not to teach in his name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring the man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and saviour, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, Take care what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan of this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice and they went and had them called. They went and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them, charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they had that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Christ. And every day in the temple and from the house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Floggings, beatings, imprisonments, yet they rejoiced. I don't know if I could do that. Could I do that? I must ask myself that question. Could I stand in the face of such a thing and, and, and pr- proclaim Christ to the end? Do you know Jesus' invitation to be a disciple requires the same from everyone. The disciples who followed Jesus 2,000 years ago are no different to the disciples who follow him today in that sense. That Jesus never changes and what he commanded and proclaimed and required is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think there are two things we need to acknowledge here. Firstly, we have, to, we have got to realize that and be, we've got to be thankful for our privileges here in the UK. We can gather in peace and we can share the gospel in peace, generally speaking. 
you could go stand outside the big Tesco over there this afternoon and you could preach the gospel. And sure, you might have a few bad words shouted at you, um, maybe laughed at, maybe even have things thrown at you. Yes, that is persecution. I can guarantee you, you wouldn't need to flee to another town. You wouldn't need to flee to another town. There wouldn't be that fear for your life that the disciples experienced in Jesus' day. And that many disciples today are experiencing around the globe. If we know this, that likely we won't be killed for sharing the gospel. We won't face physical persecution to an extent. Then why don't we do it more freely? Why don't we do it passionately? This is such a curiosity to have. Why don't we do this? We must remember in the face of persecution that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and principalities of darkness. The second thing I think to acknowledge is that whilst we should not seek to be persecuted, we shouldn't look for persecution, um, we don't seek to be martyrs for the faith, we do need to ask ourselves, why aren't we being persecuted like our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world? What is that about the UK? Is it because God likes the UK? He cares more for us than he does for those in the Middle East? Absolutely not. It's because we aren't consumed with Christ. We're not consumed with his mission. We have the ease and the comfort and the privilege as Christians. Around the world, they don't have. And the church in the UK needs to look at itself and it needs to ask, am I truly all I am? Am I all in? Am I all living for Christ? Am I in this fully? Have I died and been made into a new creation, as Paul says? Have I counted the cost following Christ? There's a cost following him. We don't talk about it enough in the church in the UK. Have I truly laid it all at the Lord's feet? I believe when the church in the UK is no longer filled with self-proclaimed Christians, but rather true disciples ready to lay down their life on the line for his name's sake, that is when we will see God move. The church will grow. The Spirit of God will be so evident and so glorious. But it's also the time when we will face hardship and persecution when we stand for Christ and the truth of his gospel. That's not a possibility. It's a promise. And I hope it's a promise that we all delight in. As difficult as this stuff I'm talking about, persecution, is not an easy topic, is it? It's difficult. And please don't think I stand to you having got this figured out. I don't. But I read, I read God's word and it, and it says clearly things to us. In verse um, 19 and 20, we, when you're persecuted, you don't worry about what to say or how to say it. 
for your Father will speak through you by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been promised to us and has filled us. But this is a lot of our fears, isn't it? It's scary being about the mission of God. It's scary about being, about being about the Father's business. It's scary sharing the gospel. It's scary approaching people and telling them about Christ. In the office, in school, if you work in a school, the staff room, or the staff room in any work for that matter, that's a terrifying thing. It can be terrifying. And of course it will be. But we are called to go as his disciples equipped, ready for these situations to declare truth. I don't feel qualified or able. I'm not a leader. I'm not a minister. I'm not an evangelist. I don't read my Bible nearly enough. But we must speak to our own spirit and almost say, you know, how, how, how dare I say something like this? How dare I say to God, well, you can't use me. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. He's able. He equips us. He's, he's God. So how can we say with our heads hanging low, I can't do this? You know, the truth is you can't, but God can, and God wants to use you. He wants to use us in this community to have conversations with people, to preach the gospel, to proclaim the good news. The gospel isn't a negative thing. The gospel isn't bad news. It's great news. And we should be so excited about it and be about his business. But realize that persecution can come off the back of it. In Acts 4, we read about uh, Peter who was filled with the Holy Spirit and declared that they had healed a crippled man in the name of Jesus. And when the persecutors saw that these men were unschooled and ordinary, they realized that they must have been with Jesus. Because the man who was with them was standing before them, healed. Don't worry what to say. God will speak through you. He will give you the words to say. This doesn't mean that we should be unprepared but it does mean that we need to stop worrying about God's mission and just go and rely on Christ to be our provider. For example, the testimony I shared at the start, I, I had no idea that was happening. Yeah, I spoke to the girl. I prayed with the girl. I had no clue what to say. But the Holy Spirit lives within me because I'm his disciple. So he gives me the things to say. He gives me the words to say. He gives me what to pray. And if you're a disciple of Christ, he's filled you and he's with you. That is a promise from Scripture. He goes with you. Verse 21 and 22. You know, when we think about persecution, we often, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind essentially is um, strangers in the street persecuting. You know, I think about a, a preacher standing on a box with a microphone or a megaphone. Um, shouting and I imagine people throwing things at him or shouting things at him and in my mind that's persecution Um, but Jesus said and we read that family and friends will persecute you for his namesake 
And that for us is possibly one of the more potent verses this morning. It sure is for me. And some of us may already be experiencing this. But some of us have to read this and realize following Jesus might cost me my friends. It might cost me my siblings. It might cost me my relationship with my kids. They're not here today, but um, I love my wife. And I love my, my kid and my child to come. I love them. There is absolutely nothing that I wouldn't do to provide and protect them because I love them. And that's right. But they're second. The, God's word teaches me that I must have Christ first. I must have God first. And the love that I have for my kids and my wife, God has given me that love for them. But they come second. Jesus is talking here about the difficulty with families, the difficulty with friends. It's essentially a prophecy. Jesus is prophesying that as you stand for Christ, these are the potentials. Family, family might not agree with you. you. Your kids might say, you know, you're a Christian, do you know what? I don't want anything to do with that. I'm not going to speak to you anymore. And in that moment, we have a decision to make. And you know what? This, is, this may be uncomfortable for a lot of us. I'm sorry, but the word of God is uncomfortable sometimes. But it's the truth. This may be presented to us and we have decisions to make. Will I stand firm for Christ? Is he all I am? Is he all I need? Is he my life? These are the questions we must ask. Verse 24 and 25, Jesus is accused by the Pharisees of using the power of Beelzebub. This name was given to Satan. Beelzebub was a name for Satan. It's a name that describes evil, and they labeled Christ with it. These wolves who seek to devour were blind to the truth. And we know that because 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says that the devil has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Why, why do people not believe Jesus is who he says he is? Because they're blind to the truth of the gospel. But the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, 1 Peter, um, verse, 1 Peter 1, 5. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So what causes the blind to see? Well, the answer is the gospel. This is why we must go. This is why we must proclaim to the nations. This is why we must go to the communities, to Dunfermline. This is our place, Dunfermline. We live in Dunfermline. Both parts outside Dunfermline. We must go to these places and proclaim the goodness of the gospel. And so Jesus says here, they call me the leader of the, the leader evil. Jesus says they call me evil. I'm the leader of the church and they call me evil. So what are they going to say about the church? What are they going to say about my followers? They've called the leader of the house Beelzebub. What are they going to call us? The, pers the church has persecution coming. Church and culture are increasingly, um, you look around the world today, the church and culture are increasingly becoming distanced. And so the culture we live in today is full of act activists for equality. And whilst foundationally that is something the church and Christ agree with, there are various undertones that are slowly growing momentum. And it's going to come to a head at which point the church is going to have to take a stand Follow the culture or follow Christ. Those who stand firm to the end will be saved. 
when you, when, when you hear scripture, are you encouraged? Does it excite you in your bones when you hear the word of God quoted or you're reading it for yourself? Because I, I, I look at the world and, I, and I, I have worry. I do worry. But when I, when I read Jesus, his words, when he says, those who stand firm to the end will be saved, that brings me incredible encouragement. And it, the fear subsides and pushes me forward. Follow culture or follow Christ. Those who stand firm to the end will count it joy that they were worthy to bear dishonor for his name. Let me finish with this. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Being a disciple, as Paul says, will cost your life. New creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Are you certain of your salvation this morning? Are you certain? If this has brought up curiosities in your mind, what I'm going to do after the service, I'm going to take a seat over at the table here. I would love for you to come and chat to me. I would love to have a conversation. If you're not certain, if you're not sure after what's been said this morning, if you're not ready to stand firm in Christ in the face of persecution, please either speak with a brother or a sister beside you or come and chat with me. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Your word in this life, your word is all I need. You and your word. And Lord, this, this message this morning may be somewhat difficult. God, would you raise up disciples? Would you raise up disciples in the name of Christ Jesus? God, encourage us. God, challenge us. Refine us. Make us more like Christ. Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit and prepare us to go out to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And would you take our fear? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday podcast from our team at GMC, Dunfermline, Scotland. If you'd like more details about who we are, what we believe and how we serve, then visit our website at gillespiechurch.org or find us on Facebook or look back at some of our videos on our YouTube channel. Just search for Gillespie Memorial Church. All inquiries can be made through the contact us page on our website by calling the office. 
If you'd like to support our work with a financial donation, then offerings can be made by clicking the Support Us with Stewardship icon on the homepage of the website. This has been a production of GMC, including the pastors and the tech team. All copyright remains with the producers. Today's episode was edited by Jack Wiggle, and the soundtrack is Up to the Mood by Low Tree. Thanks for listening, and God bless.